How to Grow a Pod, the podcast about podcasting from the book How to Start and Grow a Successful Podcast by me, Julie Smith. This is where you'll find the almost unedited interviews by the pioneers of podcasting, the hobbyists and the pros who feature in the book. This week, I'm talking podcasting value with Danny Lowney, Managing Director of Influencer Agency 16th who's watching with interest the potential of podcasting to become the next platform for making some serious cash. As he explained the impact of podcast sponsorship and advertising, I asked him where it fits among the usual channels of Instagram and YouTube in terms of value for brands. Um, So I think two years ago, it would have been um, a negligible part of it across the board. Um, and, and now it's becoming um, an increasingly important part. I definitely wouldn't say it's the primary source or anywhere near it um, in terms of what the influencer spends their time on and, and what they make their money from um, in most cases. But what we, what we do find is that most influencers um, are kind of almost born for a specific platform. And so you might get very big on YouTube and you may also grow a big following on Instagram um, but you're really a YouTuber at heart, or you might really grow a big audience on Instagram. You might also have a YouTube channel, but really you're you're you, you're born on Instagram, and you're kind of born for Instagram. Um, and the same is true as po- with podcasts. Some talent have become um, big through through podcasts, and then they might also be kind of leaking out into YouTube and to Instagram and other platforms. Um, but we we don't see ton, a ton of them right now. Um, obviously, you have people like personalities like Joe Rogan who have who have become big through podcasting, and then the, all their other stuff is is separate. But but those those cases are few few and far between. Um, what what we have been doing is kind of encouraging our influencers to diversify their content channels by using podcast um, as as one of those channels, and because it's a relatively low friction platform and because it's been having a moment for a couple for, for a few years now um <laughs> it just makes sense as a place to to go in terms of content creation i mean you, you that's basically what influencers do isn't it they create content and presumably if you've got a space wherever it is to create really interesting content and you can gather a following on that presumably a podcast is literally exactly the same in set of opportunities as any other it depends on the kind of content you're creating so for example some of your health and you know gym type influencers you know they can do their youtube stuff but presumably they could kind of get a half hour show on some other aspect of health and fitness absolutely yeah i think um uh, what what you're talking about is such a clear opportunity and it's so um it's so uh it might seem so obvious the the danger that comes with that is that it becomes quite tempting to just repurpose content or just to kind of do an interview and and call it your podcast um and that's that's such an uninteresting format now and i think you need to really respect the context of the content um so just because you happen to be good on one thing um whilst it doesn't mean you, you can't become good at another, it does mean that you have to approach that new platform with respect um, and with an understanding of it. The same understanding you have if you're a YouTuber of YouTube, you need to then apply that to, to the podcast, for example, if that's what you what, what you want to get into. Um, and But to your first point, um, it's absolutely a, a logical step to be. Um, it's, a, it's just another storytelling platform. Um, so absolutely, it's like a, it's a very, very good 
um, good thing to consider. Um, and, and it's a good way of diversifying. When you talk to brands, because that's basically what you do, you put together big brands with people who can tell their stories. What, what, I'm just, I, I can't think of any particular brand off the top of my head, but I'd say just, and we shouldn't really mention one, but what would their response be when you go into a meeting and you say, okay, I've got this YouTube, I've got Instagram, and I've got a podcast? Where does the value of the podcast sit for some of the brands that you work with right now? I seem to have two different conversations um, um, when it comes to pitching a podcast to a brand. One is a performance marketing conversation. And so we're all very familiar with the dozen or so brands that you hear on pretty much every podcast. Um, not, that, not that there's anything wrong with that, but they're there for performance marketing. They're there for impressions. They're there for um, um, a very specific cost per acquisition of a new click or a new user or a new customer. Um, and that's what they're there for. They're really just, it's just a media buy. Um, and then you have the kind of the branded content conversation, which I've been seeing more of. Um, and this is where brands like eBay or, um, I mean, a, a, huge, a huge number of brands have created, often in partnership with maybe a talent or a production company, um, a series of content that kind of tells their brand story, but in a way that is um, non-invasive, or, or that's the, at least that's the intention. Um, so there's there's the kind of the media buy and then there's the branded content and those two things i think are very very separate and they're two very separate conversations the media buy can be very lucrative if you if you have a lot of impressions and downloads and plays and things like that it can be brilliant um uh, and then the the branded content concept can be more lucrative if you're very very talented creatively and you've got a very strong concept and you're able to communicate brand messaging through some kind of narrative um so, but I mean, in, in any case, an advertiser is, is going to want to reach an audience. That's really what they're going to be paying you for as an influencer, just as they have been on your other channels. So, um, so the audience is really, really important. And I would suggest that um, the right approach would be to focus on building audience, to focus on building community before trying to monetize it and leverage it um, against uh, advertising budget. Yeah. And of course, in this brave new world um, that you're kind of a king of, um, it's about sort of super engaged, isn't it? Or hyper engaged. It's not necessarily about huge numbers. It's about how mm. they engage. And with podcasts, sometimes, you know, with great podcasts, it's not about the size of the audience, but it's about the super engagement. Absolutely. Can you tell us why that works? What What is the value to the brand, the the advertiser of the hyper engaged listener? So I think the the value in the hyper-engaged listener um, comes in the nature of the relationship they have with the person producing the content. So if I'm an influencer and I produce content, I have a thousand people listen to it or a hundred um, listens. The the relationship I have with those hundred listeners is, is super important um, because if I have any influence over those people, that's what I'm able to monetize with the brand. Um, and so as you're, as you're alluding to, the brand shouldn't really just be paying for a vanity metric. They should be paying for action. They should be paying for results. Um, and if, if, if my word um, kind of goes a long way with my community because I've spent the time to build that relationship, that's, that's particularly valuable because I, then I can influence their purchasing decisions. Um, and, and that's where we really re remember that influencer marketing is really just word of mouth. 
um, kind of at scale. Um, and so just as, as if I was, um, if I was drinking a certain coffee and before we start recording, um, I suggested, oh, by the way, this coffee is so good. You have to try it next time you're in, in Brighton. Um, there's a very high chance you would if, if, and that's because we have a, a level of relationship. If I'm able to emulate a, a piece of that with hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of, thousands of people, that is super valuable. Um, so I think the, the hyper engaged listener, um, represents a strong relationship between the, the creator, the influencer and them. And that's really where the influencer has, has any level of influence that's worth a brand buying. Yeah, that is really, really interesting because most podcasters are one person bands and they wouldn't know that. And they wouldn't know. I was talking to a guy yesterday who runs the Old Songs podcast. Fantastically niche. He's a music journalist. He used to be um, editor of Time Out. And he is a real folk song fan. And so he gets amazing top, top, top people in the world of folk music to discuss old folk music. I mean, if you're into folk music, that's the only place you're going to go to. He doesn't get any advertising for it. He doesn't even think about it. Because, and somebody was talking about a travel podcast as well. She doesn't pay herself. She doesn't get any revenue. Yet she's number one in America in the travel podcasts. She, because they don't have time. They don't understand it. And it seems to me that there's a massive amount of advertisers out there who somehow could be partnered up with these incredibly, potentially hyper-engaged listeners I wonder if you are aware of that kind of potential market and whether you see a growth in podcasting or some kind of, you know, agency, some something like you've done with YouTube and Instagram and lesser so podcasting, whether there will be some kind of, I don't know, monetization agency for podcasting. Is that a thing? I think it's a thing. Um, um, as I understand, there's there are kind of technology platforms that try and facilitate the kind of transaction you're talking about podimo and places like that yeah i think there's yeah. a number of them i'm not sure that anyone's owned it or has really executed it as well as it needs to be um, i think that exists i think something that would concern me with something like that though is the commoditization of of um a podcaster and and specifically of their relationships with listeners um because then it, it goes back into that media buy kind of play which is which is something we've seen in the influencer space which is it's questionable um, whether or not that's effective. Um, so that would concern me. I think that would be a real shame if that was the only way it was done or the, or the primary way it was done. I'm, I'm, I'm personally very interested in it. Um, and, I, and I, like you, see it as a real natural extension from the work we already do um, because we, we manage talent who, are, who understand how to create digital content and how to create audiences digitally. And I don't really care where, where they where they create that audience. Um, so I'm personally super interested in it from a 16th perspective. Um, and then and, and I've definitely seen interest from technology companies and the sorts that kind of try and platform platformize um, the space. But you're you're right because the key to the success of the podcaster is the authenticity. It's that word of mouth thing you were talking about. That you know, it is the nerdiness, the geekiness, the single pe person doing it alone, the real mm. passion project stuff. That's you know, the fact that we do these things means that we really care about it, and that has an authenticity that can't be bought and would somehow be devalued um, a little bit, perhaps. 
But then you must be working with influencers who also have their passion projects, who come to you with their thing. How do you, God, how do you keep someone authentic how, when, when money's on the table? I'm not sure it's, I'm not sure it's my job to keep someone authentic and I'm, because I'm not sure that's actually possible. Um, I think like people are who they are. So it's, I think it's more my job from a 16th perspective to make sure we're selecting the right people so that that doesn't become an issue. Um, so as part of our, I suppose you, uh, you could call it a vetting process, that's exactly the kind of thing I'd be trying to get to the root of. Because if this, if this person, I believe, um, is, is motivated purely by a, an absolute buzz from creating an audience or from a, or a community or um, uh, a buzz of when they get a message saying, oh, by the way, I listened to that um, episode you did a few weeks ago and I went and tried that technique and it worked so well. Or if, that, if that's what I think the root motivation is and that's really uh, encouraging... But if I doubt that, then that's a that's a really good, it's really important for for me to be able to figure that out early on because I don't think those things change so much, um, and I don't I certainly don't think I would be able to do anything to change them. I think it's just about it, about the selection process. Thanks for listening. You can buy the book How to Start and Grow a Podcast by me, Julie Smith, featuring all the interviewees in this podcast at any bookshop or go to julysmith.com and click on the bookshop tab and join me next week when I'm with award-winning playwright Chris Hogg, who used the unlikely format of a drum and bass musical to tell the story of eating disorders to a young audience in his podcast, Cassie and Corey. <laughs>